Because Jane goes to Petra and she's like, I don't know what to do. And Petra's like, bitch, like, it's four fucking years later. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You don't know what to do. Like, we are a whole family ass fucking unit, bitch. Like, you right. send that man away. Like, you're not the same person you were four years ago. Yeah. everyone this is alex and this is M. welcome to the latest episode of the good the bad the basic this is the podcast for tv lovers movie buffs and binge watchers of all ages on this podcast we'll be discussing what we loved what we hated and what's just a bit problematic about the tv and movies that we're addicted to and do a bit of rewriting where necessary for much more exclusive content become a show producer on patreon and get access to after the episode outtakes curated playlists movie reviews music video retrospectives and so much more join the gbb family at patreon.com forward slash good bad basic today we'll be discussing the back half of the charming english language telenovela that gave us a refreshing messy and entertaining look at modern families jane the virgin This series only recently ended, yet it was clear from the very first season that this series would be an instant hit. From premise to casting to writing, Jane the Virgin was a delight to watch. So what exactly made this series so endearing? Stay tuned. All right, everyone, if you haven't listened to last week's episode, stop right now and go remedy that. But for those of you coming back, just to refresh your memory, here are some details about Jane the Virgin. The series is dubbed a comedy drama, romantic comedy, and romantic drama. It was developed by Jenny Snyder Ehrman, and it's based on the Venezuelan telenovela Juana la Virgen by Perla Farias. The series was released in the U.S. on October th- from October 13, 2014 through July 31, 2019. It aired on The CW for a total of five seasons and 100 episodes. The series stars Gina Rodriguez as Jane Gloriana Villanueva, who is our protagonist, Andrea Navedo as Xiomara Gloriana Villanueva, a.k.a. Zoe, she's Jane's mother, Justin Baldoni as Rafael Solano, uh, he is owner of the Marbella Hotel and the father of Jane's son. Yael Grablas as Petra Solano. When the series opens, she is Rafael's wife and later his second baby mama. Uh, Yael Grablas also plays Petra's twin sister, Aneska. Brett Dyer as Michael Cordero Jr., Jane's initial boyfriend and later her first husband. Yvonne Cole as Alba Gloriana Villanueva, Jane's grandmother. Jaime Camille as Orgelio de la Vega. He is Jane's father and Xiomara's eventual husband. And in chronological order, Elias Jansen, Aria Rose Garcia, and Joseph Sanders as Mateo Gloriano, Rogelio Solano Villanueva. He is Jane and Rafael's son. Yara Martinez as, as Dr. Luisa Alvar. She is Rafael's older sister and a recovering alcoholic. She's also the gynecologist responsible for Mateo. 
Bridget Reagan as Rose Sinrosto, former lawyer, Luisa's former lover, Rafael Luisa's former stepmother, current international crime lord. Priscilla Barnes as Magda Andel, Petra and Ineska's mother. Mia and Ella Allen as Anna and Elsa Solano, Petra and Rafael's twin daughters. And last but not least, Anthony Mendez as a Latin lover narrator, who's later revealed to be the adult Mateo. So let's jump into season three. Season three had a, a couple fewer episodes than seasons one and two. It only had 20 episodes. But this is probably the most action-packed season of Jane the Virgin. And I feel like that's saying a whole lot. Right. There's so much that happens in this season. That's true. It's a lot. So we last left our heroes, as which is like what this show says a lot, um, <laughs> it, where like Michael and Jane just got married. And then Michael, during like their wedding night, realizes that his partner is sin, like an, an, a sin rostro agent. Um, and his partner shoots him and he is rushed to surgery to to fix the the bullet that is now lodged near his spine and um you know get better and and he does he gets better and after and then while he's recovering he and Jane move in together and we in the the pace that we're sort of living in is that um, Jane and Michael and Raphael are all sort of learning to co-parent together and be together. And while Jane is still, you know, recovering from this trauma of Michael getting shot and, and he's also recovering from his own trauma. Right. So in conclusion, Jane is still a virgin on her wedding night. (laughs) Yes. Still. <laughs> that man went to get some ice and come right back and never made it right back. So she's <laughs> ah, we hate it. Oh, I hate it. She's a virgin for like uh, a couple of weeks after. She's like, I think it's a couple of months before he can have sex with her. <laughs> yeah. So you know, it's really bad. Um, but this season is really, really great. Um, you know, Raphael gets over Jane, and by over we mean like. He's not madly in love with her. The two of them will always have feelings for each other. It's kind of inevitable because they are co-parenting a child together. So they're always in each other's faces and always in each other's lives. And they're very different people. They were raised very differently. So they have a lot of clashes when it comes to co-parenting, which the show does a really good job of portraying. I like how they age uh, Mateo really, really quickly. A lot of other shows will, will try to show you things that will honestly take years to happen. Um, to the adults while keeping the baby a baby. Right. And it's like, pause. But no, these things that happen, the the makeup and breakup with Michael, the eventual marriage, this took a while to happen. Mateo is a whole toddler now, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, so they're trying their best just to be co-parents. Uh, Petra's uh, twin sister, Aneska, is still in the picture, And still plotting and being devious. Um, But Jane does lose her virginity by episode three, which is a few months after, um, you know, Michael has been shot. Um, But the sex could be better. Right. In fact, just a a quick note about Petra. Um, Petra's not even, when we begin season three, she's not even Petra. Like, Aneshka has, like, switched them. Right, right, right. Um, sh- didn't she inject Petra with something to like basically put her in a coma? 
Yeah, like with a, a paralytic. Right. So she has a, she's been injected with a paralytic and everyone thinks that it's Aneska. Aneska, who is the, is the one who is like, you know, paralyzed. completely paralyzed. Yeah. And she's just been passing herself off as Petra. And um, I feel like this is one of the moments. This is such brilliant writing. Can I talk about how brilliant the writing on the show is? Because it this really becomes is. like a formative moment in Petra's character arc. When she recovers, just the fact that other people, A, didn't realize that she um, was, that, this, that you know, that, that Aneska was, like, had swapped them. And B, that people liked Aneska's portrayal of her better than her, mm-hmm. really made her step back and reevaluate her character as a person. Right, right. It'd be like, and that's why, and like you said, that's why this show is so brilliant. Because it finds ways to have like real emotional reckonings with characters through like super wacky circumstances. Right. Right. Um, right. Because like Petra being like, you know, Petra being like being a twin and then her twin, like switching places with her. And then all that bag is like so ridiculous. <laughs> like it's so goofy. Like it's a goofy, it's, it's a goofy plot. Like it's typical telenovela. It's typical like soap opera. Um, daytime soap opera fair, and yet they're able to extract really real emotional resonance from it. Like, it's it really is so brilliant. Right. It's not like, oh, these twins are switching places because it's a cute thing to do to make identical twins switch. Um, no, there's a, there's a real motive behind it. Petra's motives are very, very real. Um, obviously, um, um, Aneska's motives are very, very real. And Petra obviously has a very, very real um, motivating factor, her daughters, um, to find a way out of the situation, right? Because at this point, Aneska's raising her kids. Right. And <laughs> and it's even more... And then when Petra originally does come... Like, when she when the real Petra comes back, it's even, it's even more emotionally devastating because when she has those twins initially... Petra has always had like really real fears about being a mother and how am I going to bond with these children and can I bond with the, am I the mothering type? Like, right. Like, can I be, Mm -hmm. can I, um, be a good mother in the way that my, that her mother wasn't to her. Right. Right. And when she comes back and those babies are bonded with Aneshka and they're not, and she holds them and they cry, like, it is devastating. It's so devastating. It's really, really bad. And, like, at first, Petra kind of falls back into her old ways because we know change don't come overnight. And when Raphael asks, like, oh, my God, has it been Aneshka the entire time? She lies to him. She is so painfully wounded that Raphael, of all people... Someone who's known her intimately, who was married to her for years, couldn't tell the difference. Right. And he was falling in love with Aneska, (laughs) y'all. We hate it. He was really falling in love with Aneska, for real, for real. He thought, like, this was, like, Petra 2.0. Like, damn, motherhood really changed her. I'm feeling her. Maybe we can get married again. Right, right. Like, it was so, so bad. Like, everybody in her life thought that Petra was a, uh, Aneshka was a better version of her. So Petra's really going through it this season because she has a whole reckoning of, 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 of person. She has a whole crisis of con- conscience. She has a, her little come to Jesus moment and she realizes the way she's living is not right. And she needs people to care about her. Like 
she's created a situation where she's an island, but she can't be an island. She needs uh, Raphael and she needs Jane and she needs these people in particular uh, to know who she is and like who she is. Right. And this is where like the Petra character really, I think, comes into this, this redemption arc, right? This from, from like, I think true blue villain to just somebody who's trying to just trying to be a good person, like be as good as she knows to be right. (laughs) Or as good as she, she can be essentially. Right, right, right. So, um, Petra's growth is very painful and very awkward and incredibly realistic. There's a, it's not a smooth overnight thing. She's constantly growing and learning and evolving as a person as the show progresses. Like I said last episode, Petra's character arc is the single greatest character arc on the show, followed by Raphael and then Xiomara. Like, these people make huge leaps and bounds, but literally no one more than Petra. Because when you... When you look at Petra by the series close and compare it to um, Petra at at the pilot episode, it's literally two different people. It's as different as Petra and Aneska. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And it's 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 really precise, really excellent storytelling, and um, the the show. I mean, it's brilliant. the The writers are brilliant. It's it's brilliant. That's all. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> right. Um, so then we, like we said, so, so, um, everybody's co so Petra comes out of this thing and she's trying to, she's trying to make up for everything. She's trying to do some stuff and we, um, and we actually meet like a new, you know, I'm not a fan of new characters at the 11th hour. We hate it. We hate it. But uh, somebody that does show up that is uh, interesting is Jane's cousin. Um, yeah, Catalina. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't last long, which is why it's bearable, right? They don't integrate her into the fabric of the show long term. Yeah. So that's good. That's good. That, that is. That's good. Um, but then the, I guess the next big thing to to happen in season three is so midway through halfway through season three. Uh, there is a a murmur. Uh, like Michael go is like fully recovered. He's going off to detective because he's back to being a detective. He's going off to work and um, he seemingly dies. He dies. Well, for for season three purposes, he dies. And we yeah, have isn't he dead for like the next two seasons? Like all of season, the rest of season three and all of season four, he's like dead. <laughs> he's dead. So like, yes, we're saying he's dead. We'll talk about that later in season four and five because like he's not really dead allegedly, but whatever. So he dies, and it is really great, and it's really perfect, and it's so emotional, and we get um, a, and then Michael dies, and it's horrible. And we get something really important, which is our first time jump. So after Michael dies, we get like a time jump to three years later after his death. And Mateo is fully, not fully grown, but he's like six, seven. He's talking. Everything is different. And, And yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah, we jump Mateo from like age two to age five, like 
which is really, really good. We didn't get to see all the empty Michael years, right? Um, but what we did see, and this is, listen, I knew Gina Rodriguez was a good actress, but those grieving sequences, she's a great actress. I was literally heartbroken for this girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. fictional she, character when she lost her husband. Right. No, she, she, she sells it and she nails it. Right. But this is where we see the one and only major plot hole in, Glenn, in Jane the Virgin. Prior to Michael's death, there was an episode where um, they talked about how, you know, Michael wanted a pet and Jane didn't want to give him a pet. But eventually they got a pet and they show Michael and Jane like 50 years into the future, this old married couple. The show sets us up for them just being married. So when they kill off Michael... It creates a major plot hole that very few people noticed. But the reason why was because uh, Brett Dyer wanted off the show. I'm not entirely sure why. But so they had to kill off the character. Um, but her grief for Michael is so big that I didn't notice this major plot hole until I was re-watching for this uh, review episode. And this was my third time watching the series. Okay, so what was it? Oh, I'm, I'm, I just told you, on an episode previous, the Latin lover talked about Jane and Michael's relationship several decades from now and them still being married. I thought it was just like, because I thought that was a fantasy sequence. No, that wasn't a fantasy. That was a Latin lover showing you the future. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't a fantasy sequence. It was like a, a major plot hole because the writers had planned on Jane and Michael just staying married and them and, and Petra and Raphael being endgame. And then they had to change that when Brett Dyer wanted off the show. Oh, okay. I, like, I could have sworn that, um, because I remember that episode of, like, she, it's the pet and it's, like, whatever. And she's, like, and it's, like, and he's, like, oh, like, he, they're, like, imag but it's, like, an imagined sequence. Like, she's... She's imagining their life, not, like, with the pet. Mm-hmm. Like, because she's crying, like, get better and, like, we'll get the pet. And, like, this is how it could be. And you see, like, them. And, yeah, you see them all the way through the future. But, like, it's it's definitely, like, a dream sequence. And then and she's crying and blubbering. And, and the dream sequence serves as, like, her explaining, like, it'll be like this, this, this. And then when he finally wakes up, he's like you told me about the pet, like, that we're going to have the pet 50 years from now, babe. So, like, you got to give me the pet, like, when he finally wakes up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, That's what mm-hmm. I thought it was. No? Yeah. I thought it was the Latin lover saying, listen, um, this is what it's going to be in the future. But, you um, know, I could be wrong. Um, um, either way, you guys, Michael ends up kicking it. It's confusing. It it's a weird it, moment. It, it is a kind of weird moment. But when Michael passes, and it really does look like he's dead, and Jane goes to his funeral and all that jazz, um, we don't see a funeral sequence. We just see Jane's complete and utter breakdown. She's not expecting Michael to go out like this. And, they, you know, they literally just got married, like, you know. And they're about, their lives together are just starting. And this happens. And so we we skip all that. Um um, and w- when he dies, after he dies, I believe this is the season where Raphael goes to prison, right? Yeah. Right. So Raphael goes to prison. And don't worry, he did that shit that he went to prison for. In fact, he's not doing nearly as much time as he probably would if he didn't have money. 
But he goes yeah. to prison, and and Petra is stuck with these twin girls, and she's alone. And Jane is with Mateo, and she's alone. And this becomes the the cornerstone of a really, really beautiful friendship between Petra and Jane. Again, brilliant writing. They're not just friends because they have the same baby daddy. They have friends because they're both in a really critical moment in their lives. And, and Petra in particular doesn't really have much people to lean on. And Jane can't lean on her family so much simply because they're also all grieving Michael. And being around them is actually more painful for her. So these two become friends and and they become co-parents to these three children. And it's actually really beautiful. It's like sister-wise, but without the skeeviness. <laughs> right? It is. It actually really is. And it's, and you know, we have like a brand new, and it works. It, it really just works. And and they, they're able to achieve all of that. Um, and the, and not they're able to, but the time jump is like a key way that they're able to sort of sell that, which is why it's so impressive. Um, we have a brand new, like we said, we have a brand new Mateo, uh, like six-year-old Mateo, which by the way, I like this Mateo. The, the next Mateo I think is dark-sided. Girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> but... But I also have a feeling it's like they picked like the, I think they picked the other Mateo. I think they, I don't know why they switched Mateos, uh, but I, but I as do. As fast as they were aging that kid, they had to. <laughs> but I do know that like, but I do really recognize that like the first Mateo is much lighter than the rest of the family. And, and the next Mateo is like his color just matches everybody else's color. And I think it was, I think part of that was a concern. I would venture to guess. Right. Because Gina Rodriguez are not white people visibly of mestizo origin. Right. Right. Like, At least- and they gave us a, they gave us a whole white child, but okay. Yeah. The, the baby like looks very, and like, I'm sure the baby's Latinx, but like he's definitively white Latinx. Um, right. Like big uh, Miami Cuban energy, <laughs> um, right, right. So, and you know what? Though as soon as you said that, I remember the show set in Miami, and that's probably closer to the truth than anything. Right? <laughs> that's why I said it. <laughs> like, so we get this new Mateo, and um, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um. Uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, Does Raphael come back from prison the same season as well? Yeah, because the it's like yeah, okay, three years okay. later, and so he's he's back from prison, and because like the whole joke is like he's Zen Raphael now, like prison made him like super Zen. Yeah, it's really interesting because um, again the. That actually is a very real thing. Prison can make people either more conscious of themselves and try to get self-awareness, or it can make them more hardened, right? Because of the the stuff that they had to endure in prison. In Raphael's case, it was the former. But when he gets out, like, honestly, Jane and, and Petra are healed, or as healed as they can be given what they went through. And 
Jane's even trying casual dating. Like she dates this guy, Fabienne, who uh, who's working on a soap opera with Rogelio. They're just trying to be like a normal person. Um, and, and, you know, Louisa is also like on her real uh, sobriety, right? And she's trying to get her life together and she's trying to be Zen or whatever as well. Um, but Raphael simply does not trust her. He does not trust her and he wants her out of his life. And that's where we end the season with her, with him saying, I don't want you in my life. And Rogelio learning that um, he got a woman named Darcy, who is a professional matchmaker, pregnant. And they're expecting a baby. Right, right. Um, that's how we end the season with, and he finds this, he finds that out even though he and Zoe, Rogelio and Zoe are, are getting married. And so we end... Uh, the season ends in like a really great way because all that stuff is happening, happening. Zoe and Rahalia are getting married in the midst of a hurricane of all things. Um, Jane is like realizing she might have feelings for Raphael again. And, but Raphael is having feelings for Petra and we sort of reset this love triangle and, um, and yeah, and it's great. Right. Um, Petra's over Raphael at this point, but she's still got her own issues because Ineska is still out here in these in 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 the shadows, pl- plotting and lurking. Plotting right. and lurking is just like what she does. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a mess. Like Ineska really, literally, like is a professional plotter. I really feel like old girl should have just tried to join the KGB. Does the Czech Republic have a KGB? I feel no, like they might have, Russia. like, something adjacent. Like... Right. Like, why are you wasting these skills? Um, <laughs> but... With that Shane the Virgin season three, do you think it's good, bad, or basic? I think it's good. I think it's strong. Okay, so I'm gonna be real with you. I think that this season is really, really good. And it has a sprinkle of basic, which I think is why it's really good. <laughs> <laughs> So hear me out, hear me out. Fabian, basic. The Aneska stuff, again, basic. Um, the 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 Zen Raphael, low-key basic. But it actually adds a lot of depth and dimension and levity to the storyline. Because a lot of this stuff, as I mentioned last episode, if we don't have, like, like, a mental break from all the intensity, this would be a really difficult show to watch. Like, there's some shows we've watched that I simply cannot binge watch. It's too much. <laughs> no, yeah, I get that. I, de- I definitely get that. Um, I think, I think everything, like, you're, and I, I think you're right in terms of this idea that those certain elements were basic, but I think that they were necessary to keep the show like even mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. listen sometimes you have sometimes you have a filler season but like you need it you know what i mean because mm-hmm. there is like that one like there is like that one season of sons of anarchy where like nothing really happens it's really just like character work that whole right. season and it's right right it's necessary it's needed to to get us to the next point Cause God knows that season five of Sons of Anarchy really split my wig. I could not function <laughs> after that. <laughs> right? I was just like, <laughs> I was like too much, like, too much. 
can I get off this ride? Like it's <laughs> like when you're at the when you're at the the carnival and like the ride starts to, starts to ascend and you're like, oh, I made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that 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 fifth season felt like. Then I thought season three was really really good and. It showed that you can have a little bit of basicness without completely derailing the story and that it is possible to have a show that's about a serious subject matter and and just give it enough, give it humor without invalidating the really serious sequences. Right. To you get it. Absolutely. Like it shows like you really have to honor whatever sort of situation that you put the characters through. You really have to honor the situation and honor their reaction to it and treat it as seriously as you can. Cause that is what derives the sort of beautiful growth and arc. Um, and that matters. And that's what gives us sort of like these really beautiful moments. Um, but season, season four. So season four is interesting. Season four does not even start on Jane. It starts on, Jane meeting this other, this new love interest in the form of Adam, played by Tyler Posey. Um, right, and this is this this is the second time that Tyler Posey and Avon Cole, who play Alba, have been on screen together because she was a guest star on season four of Teen Wolf. That's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, and listen, I I'm also somebody who hates random love interests at the fourth hour (laughs) at the final hour when people have gotten when they've you know readjusted the love triangle 20 billion times so then they bring in some like random new suitor and it's like okay like okay but um i think what's really great about chain the virgin and what makes i think his tyler posey's presence welcome because well he's tyler posey and he's very charming on and nice on, to look at on screen is that they acknowledge this like in 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 his introduction episode which is the season opener they're like listen we get it it's the this random love interest at the fourth hour thank you we're we're still going we're still doing it just just get on board right and it, so it turns out like adam was a dude that she used to like really really care for and like these two actually wanted to get married. They were going to elope. Um, but her family did not approve of him. Um, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't there a little bit of sabotage? I think it was like, a, I think it was like attempted, but she, she sort of just like, but it fizzled out on its own. Right, right. So now he's back in her life. The feelings are still there because that's usually what happens in unrequited romances. You're like, your brain is on pause. It never stopped. It never changed tracks. So like when they meet each other again on a, on an emotional level, on a psychological level, you know, they're just, they just hit play on that the, those same feelings and those same situations. Obviously a lot's changed. Um, he's working now, things like that. She's got a child. Um, this is also the season where, um, her book is published and she's going on a book promo, a really lackluster book promo, but a book promo nonetheless. And everybody's just trying to get their life together. You know, um, Darcy has, um, Rogelio's baby. And then she, um, you know, uh, she's also in a relationship with his rival Esteban, 
Um, the baby's name is Baby, by the way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's happening. So Jane has a half-sister now. Um, Rogelio is parenting or co-parenting for them for the very first time. I really want to talk about how Rogelio consistently, consistently is let off the hook in raising these children. His first wow. child was raised. Okay. His first child was raised by Ziomara and Alba, the child's mother and grandmother. His mm-hmm. second child is being raised by Darcy and Esteban, who plays the active parenting role, a father role in that child's life, because Rahelu only sees her like twice a week. Right. Like, listen, he really, um, he really got it made because, because uh, the, the, the child's stepfather is the primary father figure in that child's life. So yeah. Um, and I'm not saying Rogelio is even a bad person, um, because he didn't know that Ziomara kept Jane. Um, and obviously he and Darcy did not plan to have a baby and Darcy, he and Darcy legitimately don't want to have a relationship with with each other he wants to be with Zamara she wants to be with Esteban but the circumstances always create an avenue where Rogelio can just be carefree and lighthearted and spirited even though he's in his 50s because he never had to like struggle with trying to fit a baby around his schedule in a serious way before right right he's sort of like he he's not really equipped to to deal with like the realities of what it means to to be a co-parent and it's often Zoe that has to step in and be like hey chill like or you have to or you know her being like you you got to do this thing all the way or not do it at all mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know in the early stages when, you know, his his days with baby clash with his work, it's a whole thing, right? And he's just like, Alba, help, Ziomara, help, Jane, help. And they're like, no, nah, this is parenting. Right, because he he's like, he's his whole thing is, is like, I'm going to be a stay-at-home father. Like, and then he's like, oh, this is boring. <laughs> right, like, I need to get back to work. And it's like. What do you think Ziomara went through? She did this without even an established career, no money. You know, she hadn't didn't even, hadn't even earned her degree yet. She was still in high school. What do you think that was like? And why do you think that her dreams got put on hold? Because Rogelio is not more talented than Ziomara. Let's put that out there right now. <laughs> He's not. <laughs> He's not more talented than Ziomara. But he had the opportunity to chase his dreams. Right. Right, he had the 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 opportunity and the time um, to and sort of just knew. And, and I mean, I will say that one thing is that like Zoe is still Zoe is still struggling to figure out what it is she really wants to do in life. Which there's a part of me that really likes that that she's this older woman. Um, by the time we end the series, she'll be 46. She's like, she just says she's 46, but she's this much older woman who's still sort of like, I don't really know what I want to do with my life. There's like something really comforting to me about that for, right. for a lot of reasons. I mean, listen, that's one of the most relevant and relatable storylines on Jane the Virgin because so many women are Zion Mara. 
So many women had children in their teens and early 20s before they had an opportunity to figure out what they wanted, before their frontal lobe was fully developed, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, right. And you, when you have a child that young, unless you're coming from a rich family, whatever amount of money you have, whether you're middle class or poor, you're get ready to have significantly less for a significantly long time. Right, right. Like right. a lot of your mother is so, 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 so many single mothers. She really is. She really is. And it's her her journey really is such a like a, a relatable and, and wonderful one. So so during this time, we so something else that comes up in these early season four episodes is Janus dating Adam. And then Raphael starts dating this hotelier. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. Hotelier, which is like mm-hmm. fancy for like hotel mogul, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's trying to get with her so that basically he can be rich again. Because by this time, he's like lost all his money and he's, you know, trying to get it back. Right, right, right. So Petra's in this relationship with this guy, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously it's Petra. She just survived how many death attempts at the hands of her sister? <laughs> Trust issues are, you know, high. And she wants to give in to this guy. And we got, we actually, in the beginning, or I guess the middle stage of the relationship, we see a softer side of Petra, don't we? We do. We see this, the side of Petra that's like, you know what? Let me trust this man. Let me lean on this man. Let me let my guard down. Eh, mistake. Mistake. And she oh, gets out by the skin of her teeth when this guy literally tries to uh, kill her. Yeah, and it sucks because, like, I, lo- I by, by now, like, you know, you really want to see Petra win. I really do want to see Petra win, but I feel like this string of losses is actually really good for Petra mm-hmm. because this loss in particular really would have brought out the old Petra in a major, major way. I I really see how much she's grown by how she deals with the situation. Right. No, right, 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 right. Um, I, I'm like, you need this girl. You need this. Um, but these situations help so much because again, it just grounds Petra so much more in the importance of family and the necessity of having people who are down for you. Exactly. No, for real. And, and it's interesting. So, so during this time that like, um, Raphael is dating this hotelier, I guess the, her name is Catherine. I guess she starts like, feeling for him like for real for real and she's like so why haven't i met your kids <laughs> and he's mm. like <laughs> he's like oh because i'm only sleeping with you to get money um and <laughs> and he's like and he and jane and petra have this whole conversation of like you cannot drag our kids into your weird <laughs> like quest to get back the hotel and get back um, the money for the for the hotel or whatever, and or as I like to call it, a financial ship. A financial ship. Listen, it's and it's interesting. Like Raphael's like sleeping with this woman to like get money, but I'm like, haven't we all done this? Like, like I mean, isn't aren't we? You know, and like Jane is like really angry at him about it, but I'm like, oh. 
like, I guess if you've never been poor, I like, and that's, maybe this is literally just me. I'm out here alone on an island, <laughs> but I was not particularly mad about it. Just, just in general. I was like, you know, sometimes like being broke is scary and you know, some people I wasn't are- mad about it either. And I'm here for Raphael, the sex worker. That's what it is. Don't. That's what it is, and I'm so here for it. Like I was so here for. I was like, I was like, yes, honey. Like you better put like uh, some baby oil on those abs and like get out here and work it and shake it. Listen, you have to use the the skills and resources at your disposal. Use what you have to get what you want. Make that money. Don't let the money make you. (laughs) But seriously, though. Y'all gotta stop asking people to meet their kids. All you need to know is that someone has kids and how many kids they have. Their kids don't need to be subjected to somebody who might be temporary. So, yeah, she's like, oh, I want to meet your children. And so then he finally, like, fesses up to her that, like, he just, he's sleeping with her. So he, they have this conversation and she's like, were you just with me because, like, you wanted me to, like, buy your hotel so that you could get, like, money and get, like, the shares of your hotel back? And he's like... Yeah, like, and so then she runs him over with her car. Yeah, I mean, I don't condone violence, but I see it. (laughs) (laughs) But I see it. Like, I really see, like, both people were justified in their actions. Like, he has got three kids and two baby mamas to take care of, and she... Has her dignity to take care of. <laughs> right? It's like, I... You know, this is just one of those things where it didn't work out for anybody. I mean, A for effort on both parts. Because he didn't get what she wanted. And and she obviously didn't kill him. So she didn't get what she wanted either. Right. <laughs> also, something really interesting that happens between Jane and Adam is that, like, Jane finds out that Adam is bisexual. And she she, like, goes into, like, a panic. Right, right, right. So Jane is a character who obviously we cover this is incredibly religious. And that's part of the reason why she was a virgin until her marriage. Jane is also a character that can be incredibly close-minded and judgmental as a result of this. We see it mostly with her relationship with her mother's Yomara and her attempts to tr- sort of reparent a mom who really don't be asking her for for her to do these things and we saw it briefly in her relationship with her best friend Lena now we see it really at its head in this relationship with Adam because she does the classic straight woman i don't know if i can date a bisexual man thing she does she like has like a a real like oh 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 like oh which you know like, okay, like, which, okay, like, you're, I don't know, like, there's no, like, she, and she's cool with it, but she does, like, do, like, a weird, like, biphobic panic, but then it's, like, I don't know. Right, right, I mean, listen, and I get it, I understand you having standards, and if it's your body, and a relationship you're trying to be in, you can have whatever standards you want, no matter how ridiculous they seem to other people, right? But my whole thing is, 
what are you actually afraid of? Because prior to that point, she acknowledged that they were really into each other. They have excellent chemistry, this, that, and the third, right? Right. Um, so what are you afraid of? That some guy's going to walk by and, and turn his eye? Because some girl could have t- walked by and turned his eye. That's also, you know, the risk of dating a guy who's straight. Right. And, and um... And it's like you can be surprised because obviously, like it's information that you didn't know before, right? Uh, that's how we all react. Like information, like we all have reactions to information that we didn't know before. Like I recently found out that Matthew McConaughey and Janet Jackson used to date. That shocked. That was a surprise to me. <laughs> I'm shocked, I- <laughs> but also they look really good together. Why did that not? last because justin timberlake then ripped like a her like thing off the super bowl like matthew is that why you dumped her don't don't play me right now don't play <laughs> so me right now. so like you because know that's still not on janet jackson's level just to be clear <laughs> just to be clear <laughs> just very very but, clear. You're not. um but yeah that was like that that's a that was surprising information to me i was like oh wow like that's crazy so, like, you're allowed to, you know, be surprised. But what you're not allowed to do is, like, you know, go into, like, some weird queerphobic panic about right. life. And then this is one of the episodes where we see her best friend, Lena, again, right? Um, yes. Lena's getting married. Lena about it. And she's like, yeah, Lena's getting married. And we love that for her. She really deserves. And... Jane's talking and actually they do a really good job about reintegrating Lena for these few episodes because they actually acknowledge the fact that they haven't talked in forever since Lena moved. Right. Um, but she's talking to Lena about this and you know, she, or she lets her curiosity get the, get the better of her and actually like thinks, what would it be like if Lena and I made out? Um, but it's one of those things where we see that like Jane is expanding her scope of what relationships should look like and like what human sexuality looks like. Um, because the fact of the matter is Jane's beliefs are rooted in heteronormativity and you can't, you just can't push those beliefs on other people, even people in your life. Um, so even though she and Adam ultimately didn't, didn't work out, that relationship was vital to her growth. Right, exactly. And it's and I think it's really great and really awesome for seasons in when you can still push your main character to grow. Mhm. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. narratively. Um I think that's really impressive and and really important. Right. Cuz quiet as it's kept, Jane is just as stubborn if not more so than Raphael and Petra. Like, when this girl thinks that she's right about an ideal or a concept, she just doesn't let up. And we see that a lot in their co-parenting endeavors. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. She, she is, um, she's really intensely, that, that's definitively, definitively. So, season four. So, season four ends with uh, some some really uh, important things. So Raphael 
like we said, was run over by a car. So he, after another near-death experience, he realizes that maybe doing crazy things to get his money back is probably not the best thing. Like, it's not the best, it's not what's in his best interests. Mm-hmm. And he has, like, a real, like, come to Jesus. Like, you know, I think the things that I just want to focus on are my family and being with my family and my girls and my son and and really investing everything I am as a father into these children and a parent. And then, then that's what I want to do. And that's what he does. He gets a really, he gets a really tiny apartment, uh, like a one bedroom apartment, not even a one bedroom, a studio. Child. He gets mm. a studio, he gets a studio apartment that he can reasonably afford. He starts work at the Marbella as a bartender not as uh, what he not what he was doing before, um, he's he's actively bartending, and while he's working on his real estate license, and during this time of him sort of working as a bartender at the Marbella and um, doing his real estate license, he and Jane find their way back to each other uh, for realsies this time, and. Right. And it's really, it's done in a, it's done throughout the course of like four to to five episodes. And it's really beautiful um, and, and really sexy. Like it's hard to like sort of make these things sexy, but shout out to Justin Baldoni and Gina Rodriguez. Like they really do have like a great chemistry with each other and they, they really sell it. Um, right. Oh. Also, Petra starts dating Rosario Dawson, a.k.a. J.R., Other Jane. Yes. Other Jane. Yes, her lawyer's name is Jane. And Petra's like, wait, do I like women? Am I bisexual? Um, we just love the bisexual energy of season four. I'm be real with you. I yeah, love it so real. much. It's really good. Um, but, you know, Petra, uh, Jane and Raphael getting back together, the show makes it seem so effortless and seamless. Even though there was Adam and there was the fling with Fabienne and there was Catherine, it just really makes, really pushing that these two are endgame and it just feels so natural that they would come together. But I really love, you know, um, financially responsible Raphael. This is my favorite iteration of Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> we love it so much. Like, he's, he's, he's really, he's not trying to be... Uh, um, you know, a trust fund kid. He's not trying to be a scammer. He don't want to be a sex worker. He's really trying to live right and live in such a way that his son will be proud of him and like actually put forth effort in his life to learn a skill, not just like use his money or use his charm or use his body, but like actually learn a skill and do something where he can look himself in the mirror and not get run over by cars. Um, <laughs> right. And we love this for him. I really love this for him. Um, Same. Not to say that sex work isn't a real skill and doesn't have like real merit because it absolutely does. And the people who do it for a living, um, are, and who are very good at it are very good at it and it is like perfectly respectable um doing sex work for a living uh it's just that Raphael was not going about it in the most ethical um of ways and was not really in the 
right mindset to be doing it in the way that he was doing it. And I really like how like the show makes an effort to to re to have him like reprioritize just his values. Like, you know, he's um he's like, you know, money isn't everything. Like my fam I like my family more. I like, you know, my son more. I like my daughters more. I like hanging out with them. I like, you know, my I really like my my daughter's mothers. Um, I like Petra. Petra is fun. Like I this is like this is this life that we all have together and like these people and who they are and being with them is um what I value most. Right, right. And I think that's real as well because um, in that way, Raphael, similar to Ziomara, has this like belated coming of age, right? Mm-hmm. Raphael's already 31 at the season, at the series open. Um, Jane is on who's still in her 20s. And he's known who he is his entire life. I am this hotel mogul son. I have this trust fund. This is my life. Now he's reevaluating everything about his life, including the role that he can directly play in his present and future success. That's kind of like a huge deal. It was almost like watching someone go back to school, like to get their GED or their college degree. I mean, the real estate license is the same thing. This is not something he'd ever considered before. Right. He's not, it's, it's new to him, but he, it's, um, he's making like a real sort of piece about it. Right. And he's excited to like earn his own way in the world, um, which is really great as well. Um, Another thing that happens this season that's kind of basic, but also makes it brilliant is that um, Brooke Shields gets introduced as a recurring character called River Fields. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Incredible. It's so fun. It's so fun. And she and Rogelio have this like amazing, like, I kind of hate you, but we work so well together banter thing. And they star on a new telenovela together. And it's just really, really fun and really, really cute. And like people forget that Brooke Shields, like as an actress, was more than just beautiful. She was also really, really funny when they people allowed her the chance to be. Right. And she's so funny. She's so funny in this. Um I mean, when she gets her eyebrows burned off. <laughs> oh my God. Her signature eyebrows. Now, we knew Brooke Shields was really here about the eyebrows in the 80s. She's the one that made the girls put the tweezers down. <laughs> so that was really incredible. Um, that's really good. That's that's a really fun time. Also, another thing that happens that's really, that I would say is basic, but is a, I think it it's incredible is that Zoe gets cancer. Mm. Zoe gets cancer. It's terrifying. But it's also another thing that helps her grow so much as a person. Because she kind of gets in the same boat as Raphael. And she's like, listen, I want to do all these things. And I have all these dreams and all these hobbies and interests. But I just really want to be here with my family and enjoy my my daughter and my grandson and my but, husband. <laughs> right. And it's 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 really beautiful to watch how the whole family rallies around her and it's interesting something that you said uh about jane earlier about how like when jane thinks she's right 
she's um she kind of like doesn't stop and like for the first time and usually Zoe lets Jane sort of like railroad her or she's like or Zoe is like overly dependent on Jane's opinions and when she gets this breast cancer diagnosis and she's having to decide if she's going to um get the double mastectomy or just treat it with chemo and get the and get one or get the one mastectomy and treat with chemo and then reshape her breast she sort of um at first she once again sort of lets jane like railroad her until she stands up to jane and she's like this isn't your decision like you're not my person anymore like i'm married to your father and he's my person and this is about me and what i want and my body's always been something that's really uh, defining for me. And mm-hmm. so, no, I'm not going to do a double mastectomy. I'm going to do the one thing and then treat with chemo. Like, And it's such a big moment of growth for her to sort of tell Jane, like, stop. Like, I have this. Thank you. Right. That's super important because she learns to stand on her own. Like you said, it wasn't ever that she needed Jane's opinion or advice, but she was very dependent on Jane's opinion and very, like, um, you know, having Jane think highly of her, right? And think well of her and not wanting to disappoint Jane, almost like they had swapped roles as parent and child. And now she's like, no, I'm I'm grown, actually. <laughs> I can do this on my own. Um, one of the other things that was great about Ziomata's diagnosis is that it forced Rogelio to actually take care of someone like for real, for real, for the first time in his life. As aforementioned, he didn't raise Jane and he's only part-time parenting his second daughter, baby. With Ziomara, that responsibility falls entirely on him. It cannot be outsourced. Right. So him actually having to put her needs first and, and understanding, I'm going to have to sacrifice some things to make this work and make sure that my wife has what she needs forces Rogelio to grow up finally. <laughs> right. He has, Rogelio has to put things on hold. He has to take a step back and, and really be there for her. Um, as much as that, you know, he's a very, Rogelio is a very like great, he's a great character and he's funny and he's frivolous, but like, you're right. It forces him to grow up too in a really big way. Um, so that's where season three leaves us off, right? Zoe is fighting cancer. Jane and Raphael are back together. And, um, and, um, like, like, uh, Petra just, just by the, the skin of her assistant, Krishna's teeth, manages to, to survive another plot against her. Right. Um, part, <laughs> partly, uh, season four, the se- season four actually ends with another big, sort of big ass intense finale. So, season four ends with Zoe has uh, is recovering from her her chemo, and we're actually um, and the big sort of event that's defining the most of the episode is that um, Alba is getting her U.S. citizenship. So everything is leading. There are a lot of events that are leading up to this citizenship party. And so um, 
first, Raphael finds this really amazing apartment for everybody to live in, for Jane and and him and Mateo to live in. And then something weird happens. He starts acting weird the way he acts when he gets really bad news, which I I always feel for him. He he just kind of shuts down emotionally and like he doesn't really like can't talk and like he just sort of needs to like drink and process on his own, which I hardcore vibe with because that is also how I deal with things. So, <laughs> um, uh, so he starts acting weird and it's it throws Jane off because Alba had sort of let the drum Alba had let the bomb drop that he was getting ready to propose. So she's not quite sure why he's acting this way. It's, and so it's the day of Alba's citizenship party and they're all there. And as a family celebrating this huge thing that happened because Alba was undocumented for so long. Uh, And we get to the fireworks at the end of the night and we get to the fireworks at the end of the night and then Raphael takes Jane, tells, takes Jane back to the, the old like small studio apartment and tells him to meet him there. And once again, Jane thinks that he's gotten over whatever he's gotten over and she's about to put a ring on her finger and we see that dun 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 it's michael right it's, she tells him that michael is alive well he tells and, that right alive. right because michael's michael's waiting at the apartment um except um well we'll get into that in season five but obviously this is the twist that nobody expected i certainly I did. did not expect it and I'm like, that dude's been dead for like a season and a half. <laughs> and honestly, when I, when I, I, when it aired, I remember thinking this was really cheap and I didn't like it from the writers. And on the rewatch, I still thought it was really cheap and I didn't like it from the writers. Right. They, they kind of did what they had to do to try to like explain it, but I feel like the damage had been done. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like yeah. you, you should have explained. Like when you do something like this, you can't do it as a cliffhanger because then we had to wait an entire season for the why. If he had just explained on that uh, that episode where he was revealed, it wouldn't have felt as cheap. If that makes sense, right? Or if like they had, or if if when he died, they were. But like it was just for me. It's like, and honestly, it's what changes my grade from good to basic. Like. At, Mm-hmm. At best, like a good minus for this season, because you know, season three into season four, we do all of this really beautiful emotional character work with Jane and Raphael and 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 the whole family, right? Because of Michael's passing, it's really it's heartfelt. It's really beautiful. Like there, we talk a lot about grief and it really affects these characters in a really profound way. And then to bring him back for the twist is cheap. Right. It, it, it right. undoes everything that they, that they work so hard, work so hard to, to portray. Like it really does. Right. You know what the other thing that cheapens it besides the fact that you would put this as your cliffhanger 
is the fact that we never saw Michael's funeral. Right. If they had done anything, literally anything, to drop the barest of hints on a funeral episode and then flash back to the funeral episode to remind us of that hint, it wouldn't have felt as cheap. Right. Right. Exactly. If like, there was... What are y'all doing? They they literally buried this man. Right. Like he he was buried and he was gone. And it 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 really just feels like a cheap emotional ploy. And it's like we I ran think, out of things to separate Jane and Raphael, and we can't use Petra again because she's totally over it. So what can we use as an obstacle this time? <laughs> right, right, right. That's exactly <laughs> what it feels like. And it feels and I think, and some people like made the argument of like, well, you know, Raphael would have never known that it was real if he, if Michael didn't come back. But I'm like, but isn't that a part of life? Right. Like, there's and that's something- not how love works. Like, you can't love people on the hypotheticals. Like, unless someone is your very, very first love, and spoiler alert, Raphael wasn't because she literally knew Michael first, and Adam was her first love, okay? Mm-hmm. You can't base life on hypotheticals. You can't be like, well, would she be with Michael if things had worked out with Adam? Well, would she be with, Ra- would, would she have stayed with Michael if she never got pregnant with Raphael's? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are right, you doing? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're literally saying that People can't do things like move on or evolve or grieve with all of which Jane did. And hell, look at look at Raphael and Petra. Um, would they they the show tells shows us consistently that if they the two of them wanted to make it work, the people they became in seasons four and five, they could have made it work. So even Jane could play that game. Well, what if Petra wants you back? What are you gonna do? She was your wife for like four years, right? <laughs> Right. Anybody can play that hypothetical game. <laughs> Anybody can play that damn game. And then like, and then, and then the word, and then, then another part about it that's so horrible is that like Jane proceeds, to, Jane, after this like twist or whatever, Jane proceeds to be the worst she's ever been um, as like a character. Uh, but we'll get to that. What's your grade for season, season four? Um... I'm going to give it a good. Um, it's not great like all the previous seasons. Um, yeah, this this cheap plot twist took away from it. Um, I felt like Jane's immaturity um, dealing with the Adam situation took away from it as well. But Ziamata's cancer diagnosis, Rogelio's personal growth, the River Fields character, they all added to the season. So, you know, we're back at ground zero. I'm going to give it a good. Yeah, you know, it's a good minus for me. Mm. Like, good minus basic plus. Like, right in the middle of those. <laughs> because, just because of, um, like you said, you have Zoe's cancer diagnosis, which is so beautiful. It's written so beautifully. Uh, but then you have Jane's sort of weird queer phobia. But then... um, But then there's this... Go- but then you have everything with Petra and JR which is really gorgeous. And then everything with Raphael and Jane finding their way back together is also so gorgeous and so beautifully done. And then you have all the fun stuff with River Fields, but like, it's really, 
like shot on with this with this twist for me. So I'm it, I'm right there between basic plus and, and good minus. I mean, that's fair. That's really fair. I will give this show some credit because cheap twists like this and bringing people back from the dead are like a classic telenovela trope. And right. I think they felt like it ain't a real telenovela if nobody comes back from the dead. But you brought the villain, San Rostro, back from the dead like a bunch of times. Bunch of times. <laughs> oh my God. We don't need to see it anywhere else. Um, I really felt just like, okay, we're a telenovela. We're under pressure to bring someone back from the dead. But like, you actually didn't have to do that. We're good. We're good. Same. Um, let's jump into season five. Season five was the last season of Jane the Virgin, and though it did, it had the fewest episodes of any season. Uh, I believe it only had um, seventeen. Oh no, nineteen episodes. Excuse me. Season four had the fewest episodes, but this episode had nineteen seasons, and they really did what they had to do with those nineteen seasons. And I think, in a lot of ways, made up for this season four blunder. I mean, fam, like. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like once we get, but I will say that the first, at least to me, this first half of the the season five stuff is really painful to watch. Um, with so Jason, because it's just them having to explain why they did this dumb shit, <laughs> right? Well, so yeah, so they explain it by being like Rose did like a a really wacky thing and. She stole Michael, and she, it was always Michael. But then he, um, Michael was the force of, you know, the bullet or the force of whatever wiped Michael's memory. So Michael has amnesia. So he's been living as Jason this whole time. And that, and so when Raphael went to visit Rose, thinking it, Rose was going to tell him something about Louisa. It was actually her telling him that Michael was still alive. Michael, a.k.a. Jason. So, Right. He's going by Jason now, by the way, because another classic soap opera trope. He has 100% amnesia. He does not remember being Michael, and he doesn't remember a thing about Jane. Right. So, um, so you know, the whole thing is, is like, Jane's going to see if, there's something still there. Or, granted, she's moving in with, with Raphael, and they're still moving in together and being together, but Jason wants to know if there's anything that she can help trigger with regards to his memory and see if he can't get something back. And so they go, Jane and Jason go fishing, and she tells him all his favorite stuff, and... Nothing triggers it. Raphael is very understandably, like... Heartbroken? (laughs) He's very anxious about the whole situation. Like, anxious about all of it. Like, he's like, just sign the divorce papers. Let's move on with our lives. Let's be done. And she's like, I want to see if, you know, he's gonna... If something's gonna happen. And Raphael's like, okay... And so she goes, she goes through all of Michael's favorite things. Nothing triggers it until when Jason is dropping her off, um, back to out like Alba's house. 
uh, his fishing pole scrapes the popcorn ceiling on her front porch. And then it, like, quote-unquote snows, which is, like, Jane and Michael's thing. And then, like, their, you know, their romantic theme, like, within the, like, score, like, theme, like, the score uh, plays. And then he, and then Jason gets all of his memories back. And suddenly he's Michael again. Right, right. And, And he remembers everything. And so... When he, he he remembers everything, and now Jane is like, "Well, what do I do now?" Because it's Michael again, and Raphael cannot deal. Which, like, I don't blame him. <laughs> and I mean, um, what are you supposed to do when your girlfriend's dead husband comes back? There's not a but, there's not a book on that. <laughs> Hallmark does not make a greeting card for that. Um, so he's like, "Well." And first of all, shout out to Petra, because Petra gives the most sound advice in this situation. Like, because Jane goes to Petra and she's like, I don't know what to do. And Petra's like, bitch, like, it's four fucking years later. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? You don't know what to do. Like, we are a whole family ass fucking unit, bitch. Like, you right. send that man away. Like, you're not the same person you were four years ago. Yeah. Petra really went from not being family oriented at all to being all about holding the fort down. She's like, what you're not going to do is leave our baby daddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're not like, gonna do. And that's what she says. She's like, you're going to blow up our family for what? For what? For somebody right. that you don't really know anymore? And who doesn't right. really know that- you? Right. He, he Listen, he might have got his memories back, but his personality had completely changed in those years where he was basically trying to form a new one where he had no idea who he was. He took on the name Jason, for God's sake. He has new hobbies. He has new interests. He's a he's a rancher now. Right, he, he lives, lives in on Montana? a ranch. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't, his own parents don't even know him anymore. That's not even their son. That's a whole new person, okay? And like, Jane, what are you doing? Okay, and I understand where she's coming from. Again, let's bring religion back into this. She thought she was widowed. Now she finds that her man's still alive. She feels guilt about uh, the fact that there's a death certificate for this person who's who's alive. And I also think there's a lot of guilt over knowing that she would have to divorce him. And she's Catholic, and Catholics don't do divorce. But, like, yeah. Sign them papers, girl. (laughs) Sign them papers, girl. Like, you have a, like, don't blow up your family. And that's what Petra says, like, sh- like much to Petra's credit. She's like, you need to, she's like, send him away. And, you know, Jane is like, well, it's a hard decision. Petra's like, bitch, life is hard decisions. Like, just send him away. Like, this is, we're all different ass people. Like, and so, of course, Jane can't. She's like, I've got to explore. Like, I've got to feel my feelings. Like, I don't know. And... So Raphael is like, so are you going to be here? Like, what does that mean? She's like, I don't know what it means for us, but I've, I've got to do this. And he's like, well, that's nice and everything, girl, but you're not going to do it here. And I'm not going to sit around and throw my heart through the wall again while you feel your feelings. You need to go feel your feelings somewhere else. 
Right, because you have to understand Raphael's perspective. Because I, this is one of those situations, and this is something that the show does really well, where I don't feel that either party is intrinsically in the wrong. Right. She's not in the wrong to try to fill things out with a dude that she literally made vows to, for better or for worse, till death do us part, and it turns out he ain't dead. And Raphael's not in the wrong for her to, to when he says, you really, you literally out here put me on pause to go see if there's still a spark with your ex and you only came back because you realized there wasn't. Right. And exactly. <laughs> and, and Raphael also, and in addition, he says, you know, he's also just like, you know, the last time I did this waiting for waiting around for you to pick Michael instead of me, like, that really fucked me up, <laughs> like, emotionally. Like, I almost didn't come back from that. So what I, I have to... So if this is what you're going to do, like, I respect it. But, like, I've got to I've gotta protect myself. I've got to protect myself, like, emotionally. And, um, and poor Raphael, like, he really... His heart really does go through the fucking wall. Like, he's... Our boy is down bad and it's interesting i remember when this aired like people were like rafael is so terrible how dare he act like this and i'm like what do you want him to do first of all rafael's been in love with jane for a long time and and this is one of the things the show actually did right is to show us that he actually swallowed that and didn't tell Jane on the day she actually married Michael. And he sat there and kept his peace while these two made vows to each other. He thought this dude was out of the picture. And more importantly, he thought Jane was finally over um, this uh, the grief that she felt when Michael died. And now he's learning that maybe neither of these things is true. That's devastating. That's really devastating. It's really <laughs> devastating. Um, and... To the show's credit, they really honor that devastation because we see that, you know, Raphael has to go back to therapy. He, um, and not just going back to therapy, he is taking antidepressants. Um, it's really, it, it's like a real knockout. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and this is this this is the thing. Raphael and the show shows us He's cold with drinking problems. Like, low-key, he was a borderline alcoholic at one point. Like, they get on Luisa about being an alcoholic, but low-key, Raphael is too. And, but when he acknowledged that I might have a drinking problem, he decided to get rid of the things in his life that are sp specific triggers. And the fact of the matter is, being in a relationship where you want someone with your whole heart, but you don't know how you don't know that they're 100% all about you in the same way is really, really huge emotional trigger for anyone, especially people dealing with substance abuse problems. Right. Like, no. why would you stay in that? He's not a masochist. <laughs> right. And I, and I will say, like, another, another shout-out to Petra, who... Uh, shout-out to Petra being, like, a real BFF to Raph and, like, just... Um, a really good mom. I get like co co mom. Uh, cause she's like, cause when Jane tries to then like Jane does all this shit. Right. And then 
Jane just fe- still feels entitled to like Raphael's emotional interior life afterwards, mm-hmm. which right. is like what I what I mean when I say like it's the worst the show has like ever portrayed her. Like, cause I'm cause when she's doing it, I'm just like Jane, what are you doing? Like, is it not enough? Like that you just did this shit like again? Like, do you really have to? Like, is this really it? Like, hun, like, is this is this is this really it what you want to be doing? It feels so forced and so invasive. It's so like, in- just no boundaries whatsoever. <laughs> no boundaries. And Petra's like, listen, you threw his heart through a wall, so you're going to need to, like, back up. Like, you need to just, if he doesn't want to see you, like, as long as he's making his pickups and his drop-offs with the kids, like, you really need to, like, cut those ties. Like, and if there's an issue, like, I'll handle it. Like, trust me, I've got it. I'm handling it if it needs to be handled. But you need to really not be in that situation because you are the cause of this. (laughs) Like, you did this. So, and listen, you did it. You can't heal what you hurt. Like, you can't be the cause of the problem and the solution, baby. (laughs) Baby, Um, like, no. But this is also really, really, like, I listen, I really don't like the Jane Michael stuff at all. But this situation where Jane is forced to reckon with the like hey my actions actually have consequences and and you know Raphael standing on his own and basically flat out saying i refuse to be treated as a secondary option i'm priority or i'm nothing um and it really shows his growth as a person too it really does like i'm really it's really a a beautiful it's really as as hard as it is and as painful as it is to watch um there's a lot about it that that works. So so Jane goes to Montana or wherever with Michael um, to live out, I don't know, some sort of weird rancher fantasy. I don't know. I don't know. To, and she's to, dressed in glamping clothes. <laughs> right? <laughs> so she, they, she goes to Montana and they, you know, ranch and, you know, shower with buckets in the out in the outside or whatever and uh you know she spends the night and they're it's interesting the episode almost feels like a spinoff like they were trying to like set up like a like a backdoor pilot uh like they were pitching something it really did feel that way because they then they had like um Haley lou richardson um, yes on on this season as well and she's pregnant with twins um, and right. she's she's Michael's baby mama and fiance at that point. It, it did feel like they were trying to like set us up for something that just never materialized. Realized, yeah. And so at the end, she's like, I realized she's like, you know, Jane. Jane says what we all knew, which, which is what Petra said before, which is she's like, I'm a different ass bitch. Like, it's been right. four years. Like, it's so sad that other people know better who you're in love with than you do. Like, girl. <laughs> like, girl. She's like, you know, it's been four years. I'm a different bitch. Like, I've, I'm doing different shit now. Like, I've moved on. I moved on a while ago. And um, I love Raphael. I love our family. I love Mateo. I love those girls. I love Petra. Like, that's where I want to be. That's what I want to be doing. That's That's who I am. And she comes home and she says all of this to Raphael. And he's like, well, girl, that's nice and everything, but I, I, I don't know. He's like, I don't trust you. He's like, what, 
what so what's the difference between you saying this now and then like a month later are you gonna feel different and then run back out to Montana like I don't I don't have anything for you emotionally right right so he's depleted um the tea's gone cold I wonder why anyway um (laughs) um um but um we do see Michael and this rancher that he was like in rivalry with who's played by Haley Lou Richardson when he comes back into town um he's coming back to town because Jane wants to insert their story in her next book and he has to sign away the rights for that Right. And so that's when she learns that this other rancher is pregnant. They're together. They're in, they're engaged to be married. And she's pregnant with twins. This show loves twins. Fun fact, every time Haley Lou Richardson has played a pregnant woman, she's been pregnant with twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why y'all do that. She's like 5'3". She looked enormous. <laughs> she looked like she was ready to burst like a balloon. But, um... um Rose Sinrostro makes another appearance this season because she's just our recurring villainess. She is. I really love she's like she's a really great villainess as well. The actress who plays her has really got like she really straddles that line between seductress and ice queen in a really great way. Right, right. <laughs> While managing to be like having really funny beats, right? Right. And it's it's really like sort of deadpan. She she's never says anything that's intended to be funny, but it's hilarious. It is. It's very hilarious. Um, um we do and- see Lena one more time this season as well. Jane's BFF Lena. Right. We do see Lena one more time. She she comes in for the for the for the wedding. Um but also, but to go back to Sin Roaster really quick, the, Sin Roaster is super interesting this season. Because for the first time, we see Sin Rostro and Jane face-to-face. They actually, like, face-to-face in interaction and scenes together. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. It took me to, like, their scene together to realize, like, oh, yeah, like, they've never actually really had any screen time with each other. And yet so much of what Sin Rostro has done has, like, affected Jane's life directly. And yet Jane has never gotten the chance to, like, confront this person who's caused, like, a lot of trauma and heartbreak and chaos in her life. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Petra is still dealing from a breakup with JR. Because the her shady dealings, particularly with Milos and her mother, drove a wedge in the relationship. And the people from her past um, were putting... Uh, JR's life and career in, in like immediate danger but Petra was in love she wanted to propose to JR right she bought a ring and everything she was ready and and it doesn't work out she and JR not she and JR but JR moves to Houston yeah and we it's, feel for her and we feel for her until um the until you know, so and it is it's the last season, so everything works out, right? Jane and Jane and Raphael get back together, he forgives her, they they move on. Um, Lena comes, there's they're planning this really small wedding and not small, well yeah, actually a small wedding. Um and Raphael and Jane are finally getting married. Louisa is better. Louisa gave away all their money. <laughs> 
I mean, she's enlightened or whatever. So you don't need money, right? Right? Like, right? Oh That's sarcasm if you guys didn't catch that. Like, that hurt me. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, Raphael takes it really well, but that really hurt me. I was like, you did what? Um, of course you took it well. Both of them were raised with money. They don't understand how important it is. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> But, you know, in typical TV fashion, they're not completely broke because Jane sells her next book to a publisher for half a million dollars. Right. So, like, they, so he's rich. And so I guess he's, his baby mama's rich-ish enough. So that's fine. Um, And then Raphael is still, you know, has a good, has his good job at the, at the real estate office. Um, And so the series ends with, uh, how all great comedies end, which is with a wedding. And um, Jane and Raphael are going to get married and every single thing that can go wrong goes wrong uh, on the day that they're supposed to to get married. And um, like he's pulled over by the cops and she, her dress is uh, not you know, doing what it's supposed to do. She has to take a bus to get to the ceremony. Um, but they, they have this, they get there and they have this really beautiful ceremony officiated by Alba. And they read their vows. And that's when we are revealed that the, our narrator all along has been Mateo and that this whole story that we've been reading is Jane's book that she wrote. And, um, yeah, that's, that's it. That's how we end the series. I mean, it's a beautiful story. And if your life was that fantastical, you should make it a book too. (laughs) Um, it's a really beautiful ending and it feels like feels like there's closure here. Magda goes back to Czech Republic. Aneshka's already dead by this point. Um, Petra killed Aneshka. She had to. Um, self-defense. Um, and JR comes for the wedding. And yeah. you see that her and Petra are rekindling things. And it just really feels like this is what it was supposed to be all along. Like, honestly, even Petra being interested in a woman actually made sense when you look back through her relationships. Um, because while she did have feelings at one point for Milos and, and Raphael, the personality that she has in regards to, um, you know, the fact that she's like high key feminist as hell and this really savvy businesswoman and was never really supported in those endeavors by previous lovers, it completely makes sense that she would fall for someone like JR. Right. Like, honestly, literally only the thing that felt out of left field was the whole resuscitating the dead husband thing. Right. I even think it's interesting how when we initially meet JR, like... JR and Raphael have so much in common. <laughs> they do. They have a lot in common. Um, um I mean she wasn't she didn't grow up with a silver spoon, but like for the most part, they do have very similar personalities. Right. I and I remember thinking that was like a clever sort of aside from the show. Like there's a, a small scene where JR sort of meeting everybody and JR hates Jane. Uh, but she ends up really liking Raphael and Raphael ends up really liking her. And that's because like they have similar personalities. They both like the same scotch. 
apparently, like, and they they have, like, very common interests in, like, their hobbies and stuff. And I remember thinking, oh, that's clever that, like, Petra would end, like, would end up with, like, a similar version of, like, not, like, a female Raphael, but, like, something adjacent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it was really clever to play it that way, too, because it's not like, oh, she's interested in women. Let's just have her be with this random woman. No, they actually show you, like, the basis is in these similar personalities, right? right. It's not like, she's bisexual, so she's just interested in any hot woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it's a very specific type of, of person. <laughs> Right, right. Like, no, it's good. And they're good together. And honestly, we see the best version of relationship Petra with JR. She is communicative and she's demonstrative and she's vulnerable. And it's all the things, ironically, that Raphael wanted from her back when he was recovering from his cancer. Right. And, but, you know, there were just different people. And and it's really beautiful that JR kind of not JR kind of, but like JR just wholly accepts Petra for who she is, you know, cold shoulder and all. Right, right, right. Um, and you know, Jane and, and JR, you know, eventually do become, um, amicable with each other, not friends or friendly, but like they, 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 they have like a mutual respect and civility toward each other, which is all that matters in the end. Um, and, you know, the show alludes that as time goes on, these people become closer. And I think that's what makes the show beautiful because it shows you the gradual growth of people from strangers to lovers or from enemies to friends to family. That's mm-hmm. what makes the show so great is that it shows you that if a person wants to and they're supported in that endeavor, they can change. Absolutely. And and at, at, and something that... The I think the ending frames of the series are because the the end of the ending frames of the series are just like you know the 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 wedding portraits of the family. Uh, it re it reinforces what the show really ultimately is about, which is family, like in different in the importance of your family and and the families that um, and how we all are just you know trying to get trying to get better, trying to change and, and the heart of our families and different types of families. And it's really beautiful, truly, honestly. Right. It is. It's one, it's, I, heartwarming. When I think about heartwarming, I think about much, much older shows than this. I haven't seen a show that's been this heartwarming, a modern show ever. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think the CW would be the one to give it to me. <laughs> I'm gonna be very real for you, right? <laughs> I, like the C, like the fact that this was on CW is such a weird. Because I would expect this show on like an NBC, right? Because mm-hmm. NBC is the one that does like the great family sort of dramas, you know, mm-hmm. like Parenthood, um, right, right. Parenthood, Friday Night Lights. Uh, other sort of, I think a lot of our families revisit, not families revisited, but family season was like, like NBC shows. So mm-hmm. it was like, it's weird that this one ended up on the CW, but um, it was great. It was perfect. I loved it. Shout it out. It was great. Um, it's unfortunate. And I'm so glad it was on this network because the soundtrack was, was amazing. Soundtrack was great. 
Right? And it's unfortunate that the president of the net of CW at the time, because the president of CW at the time was the one that specifically brought on Jane the Virgin and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which was like another sort of outlier for the CW. Nobody would have thought that would be like a CW show. But um, after he left, there was like a mandate to switch CW over to what it's currently doing now, um, which sucks. Um, I don't even know what they're doing now. Like, I tried to catch up on Riverdale. Spoiler alert. Mistake. You Um, know what? Same. Mistake. (laughs) Mistake. Mistake. I don't know what I was doing, and I don't know why I couldn't just let that be what it was. I don't know why I was curious about the hellscape that that show has become. (laughs) But that was a mistake. You know... Um, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's doing, like, it's all just, like, superheroes and, like, weird Riverdale-esque type shows. I don't know what Riverdale is trying to do. I mean, I don't know what CW is trying to do now. But I think they would be better suited to sort of go back to shows like Jane the Virgin and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I mean, listen, Jane the Virgin is still the only show that's, like, got, like, gotten close to like Emmys and awards still the only one for CW as like a network because Gina Rodriguez earned the Golden Globe and I know they were like in Emmy talks but she Mm -hmm. never quite got to Emmy but listen right right um and here's the thing about the show um the show actually um Rotten Tomatoes has a 100% rating for all five seasons. Unheard of. Right. Certified fresh. Do you know how hard that is to pull off? It's very hard to pull off. And it made several critics lists. It was number three on TV Guide, um, the Boston Globe, LA Weekly, TV.com, even the Salt Lake Tribune, Mormon Country rated the show number three <laughs> in 2014. Um, the show was doing numbers it was getting attention and literally the only reason why i feel like this show um hold on hold on no actually it was i'm looking at it here the show was acknowledged like via nominations for people's choice golden globes critics choice primetime emmys image awards and uh television critics association and it was honored by the american film institute and the peabody awards um, so it was nominated for several, 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 several times. Um, let's see. Let me look at what this Emmy Award um, nom- nomination was for. Um, the Emmy Award Outstanding Narrator. <laughs> it was nominated for that. Um, um, for Anthony Mendez, who plays our narrator. Um, the Emmys really did try to snub this show. And I feel this was a snub that this was the only Emmy it was nominated for. For narrator of all things, right, right. <laughs> that's and listen, a snub. That's, that's a snub, snub. That's not, that that wants to not look like a snub. <laughs> I hated it. I hated it. He was nominated for outstanding narrator twice for two different seasons. <laughs> that's the only Emmy award they were ever nominated for. <sighs> listen, um, all in all, I would say. Listen, this series to me is, like I said at the beginning in part one, like it's 
It's so well written. Um, it's so beautifully acted, and it's it's definitely one for um, the books in terms of shows to study and to look at character and story and so many beautiful themes. Um, the only thing that I will say that sort of like the, like the rub I think I have with it is is a rub I have honestly generally with all like Latinx like geared media which is like why do y'all hate Afro Latinos so much yeah where are all the Negroes I mean they well, they like, they tried to approach it with uh the Rosario Dawson's character J- JR right but like they really acted like there were no black people in Miami and that is a lie <laughs> and that, that is, is a lie, lie. Um, they tried that to act like they tried to act like there are no like Afro Latinx people, and that is a lie. Right. And you know, I don't know. Fix that as a community, Latinx to, people. Fix that. Like I could believe that there were no black people working at a hotel like the Marbella, which is like an independently owned, non-franchised hotel mm-hmm. owned by an Italian dude. Um, but I don't believe that there were no black people um, and no black professors at Jane's co- uh, Community College. I don't believe that she never ran into any Negroes on the bus that her and Zumata took all the time. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't believe there are no Negroes in her neighborhood. Um, there was literally the only black person on the show other than the JR character, um, who I guess is like multiracial is uh one of michael's partners right yeah when he's one still of michael's a cop. partners yeah there's a cop like his first his first partner at the series open um who i believe is later killed and yeah. then replaced by that op who works for sid rostro um but yeah these are people um there was also a, another black girl i believe um who um was michael's partner when he was like undercover for those six months um that's about it. The show is definitely trying to erase Black people in a very real way because I've lived in Miami most of my life um, and South Florida for nearly all of it. And you have to go to very specific neighborhoods to not see Black people. And those are not the type of neighborhoods that we're led to believe Abba and Ziamara can afford to live in. Right. And I... Exactly. And there's also like a... Just like the erasure of black Latinx people in general is just in general, always really troubling to me. Um, cause they exist. We know them. I know them personally. And I, I'm sure you do. And that's like growing up how we grow up and like living where we live. Um, I know lots of, you know, fluent Spanish speaking, very proud, like Dominican, like black people, very proud, like black Venezuelans, very proud, like black Argentinians, like they in like in black Brazilians, they all exist. They're all very um they're all very uh in conversation and, and attached to to their culture and what it means to be um Latinx and the fact that uh, Matiza and white Latinx people are always trying to erase them as like weird, like since it is weird, especially when weird. they're like when they say things like they don't look lat they don't look Latino and you know they they want to assign Latino a look, which I'm not inherently mad at. 
that you want to assign a certain ethnic group a look. What I'm mad at is y'all don't hold that same energy when white people say we're Latino because they also don't have your look, baby. They right. also don't look mestizo. <laughs> so if, mestizo, if you're trying to gatekeep based on looks and everybody's supposed to look like George Lopez adjacent, then why are y'all so why are y'all rubbing elbows with these white Latinos? Make it make sense. Right. Cause like we're all like everyone's <laughs> fine when it's like white Latinx people. Like you don't ever seem to push back against that. It's just specifically black Latinx people that you you want to push back against. And that's that's it's weird. Fix it. That's all it's weird. It's anti-black. Fix it. That's all I'm saying. Um and it's bad white pandering. Please work on that too. Work on your your Stockholm syndrome relationship with your colonizers and their their offspring. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> um you have it folks this is everything that we think made the first half of jane the virgin good bad basic and so incredibly heartwarming if you'd like to check out the series jane the virgin is currently streaming on netflix if you've enjoyed this episode of the good the bad the basic be sure to share it with your friends and if you're a member of our patreon be sure to check out our jane the virgin playlist Tune in next week as we keep the strong female lead season going with part one of our discussion on Lifetime's Drop Dead Diva. This series is currently streaming for free on Amazon Prime and Amazon.com for non-Prime members. So catch up. You don't want to miss out on this conversation. The Good, the Bad, the Basic is currently streaming on all major podcast platforms, so tune into our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Follow us at the Good Bad Basic on Twitter and at Good Bad Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic, where all of our weekly episodes debut. If you want more of this sort of content, become a show producer and patron on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes, as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time, bye everyone. Mm-hmm.